This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. And we, every other week, like to get to some television. The best person to do that with is AMI communication specialist, Greg David. I'm Greg David, and I love TV. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where we talk about the biggest hits, misses, and trends in television and entertainment. Five Halloween-themed TV shows or movies to check out leading up to October 31st. Uh, Greg, I feel like you're an expert on this topic, are you? Not (laughs) TV in general, but like spooky stuff. Yeah, this is the time of year when, uh, you know, the the leaves change, it starts getting colder and darker and Halloween gets closer and I like it. But mainly, uh, in addition to the the, the spooky stuff that we're going to talk about, is uh, I like the, you know, the boxes of chocolate that you buy to hand out to the quote unquote kids in your neighborhood. We are the kids. And instead of the kids in your house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got two I've got two boxes of 50 pieces each under my uh, tucked into my desk here. <laughs> Exactly. Greg is the um, (laughs) king of one for you, two for me. Mm -hmm. Get away. Exactly. Don't overeat. Come on. It's not good for you. As long as it's not coffee crisp. Let's start with, for our top five, The Fall of the House of Usher. This is available on Netflix now, and it's the latest uh, series from Mike Flanagan, who previously made The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor uh, for Netflix. And this one is a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. So how faithful is it to... um, the Edgar Allan Poe material? Yeah, I mean, uh, before we get into that, it's it, it, like like the, the fall, uh, like the haunting of Hill House and the haunting of Bly, Man- Bly uh, Manor, Mike Flanagan really takes that source material, and in this case, the, the Edgar Allan Poe short story, and really expands on it because uh, gonna we're going to get into it a little bit more, but the fall of the House of Usher is at its core about the Usher family befalling a curse. But in the case of the television show, Patriarch Roderick Usher isn't the only one that's cursed. He has six adult children from different wives who all fall victim to this curse. And uh, the kids were not part of the original Poe story. Mm. Uh, so that's an addition. And also the show has been updated to modern day. Mm. It's interesting with the um, original too, because a lot of what most of us know are versions for TV, for radio, whatever they may have been back in the day. So they're almost even more simplified. Um, So with Mike Flanagan dealing with this and wanting to update it to modern times, how has he done this? So Roderick Usher owns a pharmaceutical company, so that's very top of mind right now when we see about some of the lawsuits that are happening down in the U.S. Um, His children are all spoiled. They've all been given all this money because the family's so successful, but they really don't do a whole lot. They just kind of swan around going to parties and uh, and holding parties and things like that. Uh, And uh, when we meet up with the Usher family in the first episode, uh, Roderick's company is being taken to court by an assistant U.S. district attorney. And so when it kind of comes down to it, it, remind, it reminded me a bit about the setup of Succession. So if you think about the Succession lines, but with a lot of gore and blood and scary moments in it, then then you're kind of getting an idea of what the the fall of the House of Usher is like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and other reviewers mentioned that each episode of this show kind of nod to other Poe short stories. How does it rely, relate to the arc of the story if you've also noticed this? 
Yeah, yeah. And this is really kind of cool. Mike Flanagan tends to throw Easter eggs into all of his shows. Mm-hmm. And this one is 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 much like that. Uh, the original House of Usher, like I said, was a short story. So there really isn't enough to cover eight episodes. So mm-hmm. what Mike Flanagan has done has he's ingeniously interwoven other Poe short stories into this season. So uh, there's an episode called The Murders at Rue Morgue, an episode right. called The Mask of the Red Death, another one called The, the Black Cat, uh, The Telltale Heart, and The Pit and the Pendulum. So those are all short stories that were written by Edgar Allan Poe, and they're all worked into separate episodes of The Fall of the House of Usher, and the overarching theme is the story of this patriarch and how this curse ended up befalling him. And the other kind of fun part about it is that there's some character names from across the Poe universe that are nice. featured in this as well. And uh, two so far in the episodes that I've watched are uh, a lawyer named Arthur Pym and uh, and the uh, U.S. District Attorney. His name is Auguste Dupin. So again, if you're a Poe fan, then you're you're going to be you know be, kind of be giggling over all the references that are in this show. Hitting the pendulum. I think that's probably my favorite. But, you know, he was all into the burying you alive, right? So I I see where the idea of using this kind of mechanism would actually really attract. Because when I saw that this was other, the heck, what could you do with that and make a series? So kind of interesting. And then when you modernize it, um, are you loving this as much as you loved Flanagan's other two series for Netflix? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really well written. It's creepy. It's compelling. There's a killer soundtrack. So the music is fantastic as well. And the cast, I've really been loving the cast. Bruce Greenwood, the Canadian actor, is in this. He plays Roderick Usher. He's fantastic. Uh, Carla Gugino, who has been in these other projects for Flanagan for Netflix, is fantastic. She's in it. Carl Lumbly is great. Uh, Henry Thomas, who is in the other two versions that Flanagan has done for Netflix that stars in this, as well as Mark Hamill. He actually plays the lawyer Arthur Pym, and he is great. And the most important thing to me was it made me reach out and dig out my uh, complete works of Edgar Allan Poe Mm. so that I could uh, kind of flip through it. And I'm planning on rereading that after I'm done watching the show. That's what I would think is one of the best and and brilliant parts of this is getting people to revisit Edgar Allan Poe. Like maybe he was, you know, part of your mandatory school reading or whatever, right? Growing up. Um, I don't know what school you'd go to. He was, though, at one point. No, they were, though. They were, such yeah Yeah, but it was it's definitely like a a great nod to something like this right like real you know literature not to literature but also his own creative uh techniques to make this work right now and also the trust because we have the other two shows do you know if midnight club and midnight mass were mike flanagan yeah they absolutely were were, right okay it's yeah, it's cool that you brought both of those up. So those are originals by him, so not based on any I source see. material like the other shows. But And I liked both of those programs as well. Oh, he's just, yeah, he's just getting a great reputation on Netflix out here. Next up, number two on your list is Creature, and this is coming to Netflix this Friday. It's loosely based on the Frankenstein story. It's a series. What else can you tell us about it? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I've only seen the trailer for it. That's all that's been available. And uh, it's a Turkish original uh, sci-fi-ish drama horror series uh, created by and uh, created and directed by a gentleman named Isan Imarak. I hope that I pronounced his his name right. Uh, and here's the official synopsis. With its epic story created in the early 1900s and stretching from Bursa to Istanbul, Creature focuses on one of the most fundamental questions of humanity death and beyond 
And so we're going to follow an adventurous and rebellious and excited young medical student named Zia. And uh, he uh, is a very good physician and has cured many epidemics that medicine couldn't find a cure for to this point. And uh, he meets up with a possibly mad but genius doctor named Ishan, uh, who he meets in Istanbul. And the two of them work together. Uh, they say that it's uh, the synopsis says that these eccentric and wounded souls will pay a heavy price for the secret and forbidden experiment they embarked on together. So there you go. Mm. If that isn't enough to get you excited about it. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So it's so cool that Netflix is going to other countries for their content. It allows uh, creators from a country like Turkey to be able to yeah. showcase their talent and, and content to the rest of the world. Uh, next project that you want to talk about here is No One Will Save You. And this is a sci-fi film, uh, and it's uh, on Disney. You want to give us the rundown, Greg? Yeah, for sure. So No One Will Save You stars Caitlin Deaver as Bryn. And uh, she lives in the family home that she grew up in, and she's living in it alone after the death of her mother. Uh, she makes and sells dresses on Etsy, and uh, she's got uh, she's building a small model town in her living room. Talk about and 2023. What's that? Talk about 2023, selling stuff on Etsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she doesn't like to go into her small town because the people there give her a sidelong glance and even in one case, spit in her face. So that Ooh. hints it's, that something has happened in that town years ago. And yeah. uh, one night she's awakened by strange noises outside and discovers that aliens have landed and are taking over the local population. So there's the, the elevator pitch as to what uh, No One Will Save You is all about. Yeah, I guess you got to put in all the real life stuff and then squeeze in that. Oh, yes, aliens. So how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just for your little tint of War of the Worlds, yeah. here we go. Yeah. yeah. Right. She's just like a regular woman selling stuff on Etsy and then boom. Well, um, well not really liked in her town. So now she yeah, can. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. She's got all that going for her as well. She can tell how? the goodest guys talk to the hand. How is this show? We're brutal. We red light, green light, even when we're not supposed to on these segments. Yeah. Um, how is No One Will Save You different from other alien abduction films? Uh, the first thing is that there's very little dialogue in this uh, because the character of Brynn is, is on her own for most of the uh, most of the time. Uh, she doesn't talk to anybody. I think it's 39 words are uttered in the whole movie. Are you serious? And yeah, yeah. And and unlike other projects in this genre, Bryn actually fights back against the aliens, uh, which is really cool. Every time they try to get her, she gets back at them. Uh, it's a really effective and very well done movie that you should definitely be checking out on Disney+. Plus. So everybody's sitting there saying, yeah. well, hold on, hold on. So many of us are hanging out there with not knowing what goes on, how she get back. So Greg then whistle a little dialogue. What is the audio description like? Yeah, I was really interested in finding this out. So uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it is very descriptive of the action and Bryn's facial expression. And I was really, really impressed. And one other setting that I came upon on Amazon, uh, or yeah, I guess this is an Amazon thing that I wish that other streaming systems would do like Disney, is that you can actually up the um, uh, the dialogue oh, and, the down yeah. the, and down the sound. Um, that was something I came upon on, on Amazon. I know I'm getting a little bit off topic because we're talking about uh, described video, but that's something that I love the other that I would love the other services to do because uh, I found it really effective. But yeah, getting back to to this movie, uh, definitely I love the uh, the audio description on it. Very very well done. 
what a challenge for describers. Yes. Sort of like what we always yeah. say about a musical, right? Where you yep. don't have any dialogue except the singing and what you can get oh. from that. But boy, as, a, as somebody writing the descriptive script, wow. There are episodes of, you know, full series where sometimes they have like the one episode that's silent or something. They all go on mm -hmm. a silent retreat and now the audio describers, <laughs> um, the teams have to... That full episode is a, a huge uh, kind of deep dive into audio description, right? Um, yeah. You have two more projects to talk about. Next up is Goosebumps on Disney Plus, and the this is the latest series based on the horror stories by R. L. Stein. What a throwback! Uh, what is it yeah. on? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, so unlike the 1995 TV series and the original source material, this version of Goosebumps is not self-contained episodes. It is a series long. Uh, it's a season long story about five high school students who unleash supernatural forces upon their small town. And of course, they must all work together to stop those forces. Uh, it is okay. Uh, Justin Long is one of the leads in this, and he's really good, playing an English teacher who moves into the haunted house that uh, a family member of his once died in. The rest of the cast is a little bit cookie-cutter, as are some of their performances. Uh, it's gory and has some funny moments, and it is entertaining as a standalone project, but under that Goosebumps banner, that umbrella, mm. I think that it doesn't live up to those expectations. Because if you look back at how good the books were and the original television series, um, it, there was a movie a few years ago that was made. But I, I really don't think that this series uh, you know, uh, lives up to the hype, the Goosebumps hype, which is why I tuned into it in the first place. Not even for the reputation. Oh, sorry, for the nostalgia. No, response? because there really is no nod back to yeah, the original fair. material. Right, I mean, right. there is the yeah. there, there is going to be the the uh, the clown, the marionette um, that that pops up in the season. But yeah, I mean, this could be any other um, horror series without mm. goosebumps. You don't need the goosebumps in there. But I know why it's there. It's to drive people to the show in Obviously. the first place. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, Gregor. We got about thirty seconds. The last show on your list is a little bit more educational. Why the yeah. heck are you including CBC's <laughs> The Nature of Things? <laughs> Of this episode, which you can check out on CBC Gem right now, it's an old episode, and it's called The Science of Fear, and it delves into why we like to be scared in the first place. Uh, the, the experts talk about the fear of going on roller coasters and the reason why we do that, and in relation to what we've been talking about this segment, all about why we like to watch scary movies and scary TV shows. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. People can check it out. It all has to do with our body chemistry and also that fight or flight that is mm -hmm. has been in us since uh, we've been around. Well, the psychology Ooh. fear is like a never-ending conversation. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Got through it. The top five uh, spooky slash horror TV shows and movies to check out before Halloween hits and we no longer feel like we want to indulge in these things. Wow. What a description heavy. That's cool. That's an experiment in itself. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 